I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. Yeah, I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told. So I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... mm, real POS. You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. I think a lot of it is just, as I said, the competitiveness and the urgency of the game uh, really increased and we didn't respond well to that. All right, James, it is a California edition of the pod. Yeah, we've got a good setup here. We're in uh, downtown Los Angeles next to LA Live and... Uh, getting ready for the morning skate before the game. Uh, I was in San Jose. You have been waiting here patiently for me. You excited for this one? You know what? It's not excitement. It's, uh, what's the word? Curiosity. Um, Because, like, we don't really know what we're going to get every night with this team. No. I don't know if, one thing I've been thinking a lot about is, is, do we overreact to the bubble that we're in and not realize that every team loses five straight and then wins three straight and then lives, loses two straight? I think... I got a counter to that. Well, what I think... I don't think that's totally true. I think there's some truth in that for sure. I think what's been distressing if you're a member of the Leafs or if you're a fan of the Leafs is what Sheldon Keefe said after practice yesterday. Yeah. And that is that when they lose bad... Or they lose, they lose bad. It's not like they're just playing okay in losing it's they're getting embarrassed like in they san were like, jose they were like 35 percent possession against san jose 
they were like the shot attempts in the second period were like 27 to five or something. Like it wasn't even, they were, they were played off the ice by a team that's in fifth last. The other thing too, Jonas, is that, yeah, in general, the NHL is a league where everyone's bunched together and the talent gap isn't that wide between the best teams and the worst teams. And, but the Leafs are supposed to be one of the best teams. They're supposed to be. I know they've got injuries, but this is something that goes back to the middle of last year. This inconsistency, this, I don't know. I, I think, you know, I think the person that had the right word for it was Sheldon Keefe a few weeks ago when he started saying that they were playing immature. It was an immature performance. I think that I think that's right. That this team just hasn't really crystallized into what it can be. So do you think that's the age and experience of their stars? Like you can exclude a couple guys from that. Like John Tavares is almost 30. Jake Muzzin's over 30. Spezza. Frederick Anderson's 30. Spezza's 36. But the guys who are going to pull you in every night are 22, 22, 23. I don't know. Do you think that's what it is? I get, I, the thing I don't like about that is just blaming those guys for the team not playing well, right? Because, well, and like, generally those guys have been yeah, good. They, They've had decent seasons. So it's, 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 I don't know, it's weird. Like at the end of the year, whether they make the playoffs or they don't or whatever happens, we're going to look at the production for all those young players. Like Nylander's having a career year. Matthew's having a career year. Marner had the injury, but his numbers are pretty good. If you look at points per game and that, that narrative that it's because they're, they're young and I don't know. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, I, I do. it doesn't hundred percent line up. But you know what? So uh, I was watching uh, the scrum. I was in the dressing room before they played Pittsburgh a couple weeks back. And Jason Spezza was talking about Crosby. And he said one of the things that Crosby does is he drags his team into the fight even mm. when they don't have it. And I don't know. No. I don't think that's what we've seen with those those core guys. Although in against San Jose, Marner and Matthews were two right. of their best players. Yeah. They were. Like they they had both the goals. All of the underlying numbers for those guys were good. Hyman played well. Like they were a one line team that night. And it's not just like we can't just it's such a trap. And this is a trap when the Leafs were bad too, is that the best players are the ones we talk about over and over and over again. Maybe it's not the best players. Maybe with the injuries they've got, the rest of the guys aren't that good. Mm-hmm. And there's some fairness there. Like the D is not very good right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I, it's probably a combination of the two. Like I was talking to Neilander after the practice in, in El Segundo the other day, um, and one of the things he said, I was asking him about himself individually and what he thinks he need to he needs to work on. And one of the things he said is, uh, when we get down in games and then kind of lose it, lose hold of the rope, basically is what he's saying. And I said, no. Like I want to know, like you personally he said, no. Like that's that's me. Like I have to find a way when it's getting away from us as one of. This is me paraphrasing. Turn it as one of the better players to to be able to push things in the opposite direction. Yeah, it seems like sometimes the whole team kind of when things don't go well, they that's it. Like there's not like. But then again, that that game in San Jose is two two, right? So like the game is not over. Yeah, but Jack Campbell was like doing backflips in the crease and like saving everything, and like it, the game should have been over. Like they, like I said, that that was their most lopsided uh, Fenwick and shot share game at even strength of the entire season. 
It was their worst game by like a whole bunch of stats. Well, but then like you could, so you can look at their their depth, you can look at their defense, but then you can go back to the, the games previous against Vancouver, against Florida, against Tampa. Yeah. And it's basically, it's the same team. I mean, you can look at that defense and you can say, okay, their, their top pair right now is a 23-year-old who's got like 150-odd games in the league. Who wasn't having a great year. Who wasn't having a great year. And a 28-year-old who is basically in his first NHL season. You've got Martin Marincin, who is definition of a journeyman, seventh defenseman, playing on your second pair. Except he doesn't journey anywhere. He just stays. He just stays here. He's a journeyman <laughs> in one place. Um, and then, like, you look at their depth right now. You lose two of your top nine forwards in Mikheyev and Janssen. And suddenly, they're not that deep. Like, they just don't have a lot of push from lower in the lineup. So, maybe... I don't know. Maybe. It's a bit surprising they're not deep, isn't it? Like we kind of like in the beginning of the yeah. season we were writing about how deep they were offensively. And it's like, yeah, they are, except if guys get hurt, then they're not. Like they don't you look at the Marlies and it's like there's nothing there. Yeah. And well, unless you think Kenny Agostino could give you like a little energy. He got a but... shout out in my story, yes. Yeah. Part of the solution. But like they're just they're not getting anything from their third and fourth line right now. Like it's no Spezza's fine and Kapanen's had some good games, but well, Engvall, you're not getting anything. Clifford, you're not getting anything. Goat, you're not getting anything. Malgin, you're not getting anything. Like, you just go down the list. Like It's, it's just, too many guys. It's and, too many guys. Well, and they've cycled through a bunch of other guys. Like, um, um, like Trevor Moore wasn't doing anything when he was there. Timashaw wasn't doing anything when he was there. You know, Adam Brooks. Like, who, the other guys that they've tried down there. Well, and, and those guys you listed, like, that is – that's deep depth in your organization. Like, yeah. they're – I don't like it's it's really interesting actually what's going on right now with their four combinations and you wrote about this in your story in San Jose is maybe they should get to a point where they break up one of those top two lines and I've been thinking a lot about that and I'm gonna ask Sheldon Keith about that at the morning skate in LA I'm I'm of two minds of it because that that Hyman Marner Matthews line has been really good mm-hmm. and generally Tavares Nylander and Kerfoot has been really good but the problem with that is you get nothing from your third line you get nothing from your fourth line. Um, and if one of the top two lines isn't going, then you're not going to win the game. So Well, and, and the other problem is I don't know who you move up. They don't – like yeah. this is the problem they're they're having right now with Kerfoot in the third line. Well, they, they're playing at wing. They acquired Mulgan, who is a healthy scratch in Florida, and put him on a second line. Like because they're just trying to find anyone who might be able to fit with those guys. But like as you're pointing out, there's a reason he was not playing. There's a reason he is he's kind got, of just a fringe guy. He's got one shot on goal in five games. Like he's not – yeah. He, he doesn't look good. He's not making an impact in the games at all. So, so what do you do? I don't know what they're gonna. I mean, it's not like you can change your. I don't know. I mean, they're they're not gonna get a lot from a fourth line that has goat as the center and like a couple fringe guys on the other. Like, I guess you just don't barely play that fourth line. Like, but well, but the the other problem with that is then you start playing Matthews and Marner a ton, and we've seen in recent weeks that they've kind of slow down a little bit so the, the issue i think is like so let's say you want to you want to change that that neander Tavares thing and you want to put someone else with those guys and move Kerfoot to center okay so is it engvall he's got 1.18 games right and he just doesn't have yeah. that like he doesn't look like he should be playing 17 18 minutes a game no he doesn't even look like a third liner right now. He's no. just kind and of I, he looks like a penalty killer and like a checking kind of guy. Well, we will find out very soon, but it kind of looked like at practice that maybe he doesn't play in LA. I don't we'll find by the time people are listening to this, they'll know. Hmm. Um but like he is right on the problem is they don't really have anyone else, so maybe I don't even know if they can do that. Yeah. But like th- there's a reason like he was a seventh round pick. He's like a f- 
maybe he's not as good as we thought. No, he or came maybe out, he's he just came out of the gate and his shooting percentage was like ridiculous. And his on ice shooting, it was basically like any time he was on the ice, the puck went in the net. And yeah, he could be hitting a wall too. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't talked to him. But I mean, the guys on the team say he's one of the in one of the guys in the best shape on the team. Like he's completely jacked. He's obviously. I don't. I just think that maybe, and this is something that was always talked about with Ingvall. Maybe his offensive ability isn't yeah. that of a guy that can play higher than fourth line. Yeah. Well, he skates. He's an unbelievable skater. Obviously, he's good on the penalty kill. Like, but the offensive tools, like he's not a great passer. He's not a great yeah. shooter. Like, there's maybe- and that's why I worry about putting him with Nylander and Tavares. It's like, can he like facilitate what they do? So then the question is like, who do you put there? I don't think you. I don't. I don't you know. Can't what put Spezza there. He can't play eighteen minutes a night. You can't. Kapanen's. You could put Kapanen in there, but then you're 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 having the same problem on that third line. Like you just don't have enough juice. So, like, other teams get injuries, like Pittsburgh or uh, Columbus has had a lot of injuries. Um, and it doesn't seem to – I don't know. I don't well, know. do you know what that is? Um, Kyle Dubas has been around the organization, obviously, a long time. He's under two years as GM. They don't have the prospects. They've traded some away, so that doesn't help. But they don't have the prospects to kind of – To fill the pipeline. To fill the pipeline. Right. Like, some of those drafts haven't – Turned out. They got to get the Nick Robertsons and like yes. those like, yeah, yeah. They don't have the guys that could come in on entry level deals and and play on the fourth line and, and give you something, you know, that was supposed to be the Trevor Moore, Timoshov, those kind of guys and Bracco. Well, I'm a little surprised that they haven't given Agostino a shot. Yeah, I, mean, like I don't, he is I don't, a, he I don't, was an NHL player last year. I don't get it. Like, didn't he, he had like 20 goals in the NHL, didn't he? Like he had, he had like, yeah, he I mean, had decent numbers last year. And he's got good numbers in the AHL. And he feels like kind of like a very prototypical fourth liner. He plays with energy. He's not the best skater. He's not that fast. Well, and they gave him a two-year deal, right? Like, he's yeah. signed next year. And Josh Cloaks, who's covers the Marlies for us, talked to him. And he said, you know, I feel like I'm an NHL player. And, I mean, it kind of looks like he is. But I was just, you know, looking at the rest of their Marlies depth. And it's like, boy, like, I think Patan's hurt right now. They've tried Aberg a couple times. And it hasn't. there's nothing there. And you got you to update your depth chart because Mason Marchman's gone. There's there's not a lot there. The Marlies are really struggling. They they got pounded the other night, I think by Belleville. Like it's anyway. Like they need Mikheyev to come back, and I don't. When's Johnson gonna be back? Like not till the playoffs. Or? No, not till next year. Remember he had surgery. Six, right, six He's months. done. Yeah. You wonder like if they get into a situation when <coughs> Nick Robertson's year's done, if if he becomes an option. Peterborough's supposed to like be good enough to go on a big long run, right? So like. That his season might not be over until we're like deep into the NHL playoffs. So I don't I don't think there's a lot of help coming. But I can see I've been looking at some of the roster configurations for next year, and I can see Robertson being in the top nine. Yep. Like he's well, especially if you trade one of Kapanen, Janssen, something like that. And I think they I think they probably will. They're going to have. To. I think they probably will. Yeah. But well, so a very like emblematic, um, I don't know, symbol of what we're we're talking about at that practice. Uh, on Wednesday, they just put Mikheyev with with Tavares and Yonder, and, and Keith said afterward, it's just because we just didn't want to spend any time thinking, like, wasting time as to what else to do. Like, that's where they're at. Like, they just don't know what to do. So when Mikheyev comes back, it gets a little easier because he's an easy fit with If he's guys. ready to go. If he's ready to go. I thought that was funny seeing the lines. It's like kind of like wishful thinking, like, <laughs> Please, this, is what come we, back. this is what we want it to look like. But yeah. he's still, like, what, like three weeks away? 
Yeah, he cannot play for 12 weeks after the injury. So whenever, right. so that's like, well, I think that's but next tendons or, and stuff cut in his arm. So yeah, it's not a good sign that you miss one guy like that or two guys like that, and it's well, but it's 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 residue from trading Connor Brown, who <coughs> couldn't afford, and obviously helps that trade. Uh, like it's just like little yeah, you trade Trevor Moore and and Kyle Clifford. Like let's be honest, like he brought something different. But he's not really helping in a positive way right now. He's not Clifford, driving possession. Think, he's not. Yeah. Could you put Clifford with Tavares and Nylander? Like, no, he's a. I don't think so. He's too slow, and I don't think he can play that high in a lineup. Yeah, and I don't know. It's tough. And like, and the other thing too is that Tavares line they often use as like a hard match line that you play in the defensive zone. So it's not like you can just throw anybody on that line. Well, the good news for them is it's like a silver lining is. I don't know if you feel the same way. I kind of like Kerfoot the more the season's gone on. I don't know what he is. Like, I don't know if he's a center. I don't know if he's a wing. But he at least looks like a top nine forward for sure. I think he's best, and some people disagree with this, I think he's best as a winger with a good center who yes. he helps facilitate. Like, I think he's a good passer. Yeah, he's a good passer. So he, he's if, – if you put him with guys – Like the guys he's been playing with. Then he look. I think he looks better. Yeah, I think that's a good analysis. I, I think th- there's there's been some uh, analytics analysis of like uh, about like strong link. If hockey's like a strong link game or a weak link game, and like like really good players can elevate. I don't know. Like there's there's different kinds of like Hyman's a guy that's gonna help make good player really good players even better. And I think Kerfoot to a, a much lesser extent is the same kind of player. Whereas if you put Kerfoot with Engvall yes. and Clifford on the third line, you won't notice them at all because the play, kind of plays he makes aren't going to help those guys be better. Yeah, it's almost like he can't drive the – like he can't no. be the leader of the line, but he no. can be a good supporting player. I think so, yeah. It's almost like he's a good second-line winger. Now, some people disagree with that, and like some people think that – the tough thing is the Leafs still don't have enough centers. Like they still don't, and they like, – Well, we've talked so much about that trade. That trade has hurt. Yeah. People don't like us saying that, though, because people it's, look at. We don't at, have like, any malice. Like that's just literally what's happened. Like it hasn't yeah. worked. They they haven't gotten a third line center, and Tyson Berry hasn't. But solved Kerfoot their has problems. more points than Kadri. Yeah, well, Kadri missed like the last few weeks with injury. It's not. It's not a debate. I think that that trade probably or might look better as Kadri gets older and slow. yeah, like and it, Kerfoot gets better. You look at some of the underlying numbers, and Kadri's are are getting worse. They're going down. Yeah, yeah. like he's not Kadri of two or three years ago. So. And they've got Kerfoot signed for a few more years. And the interesting, like Bob McKenzie talking about Kerfoot potentially being a guy that they could trade. Like that's, light balls, bulbs go off in my head. And it's like Bob McKenzie doesn't just like throw mm-hmm. random shit out there. It's, that's, that. I'm not saying they are going to trade him. I'm just saying that's one of the guys they potentially could move. But they're going to have to, they're going to have to get another center in the offseason. Like it's, yes. it's not just go get a right defenseman. They're going to have to change what's happening with their forwards. And that's hard. Like it's hard to get centers. They're set. I think at goal, unless they decide to make a change with Anderson because he's in the last year of his deal, but they're going to have to change their forward depth and they're going to have to change their what's happening on defense. And they're, they're probably not going to have a lot of cap space, regardless of what you heard coming out of the GM meetings. I've got other people telling me that the cap's probably not going to go up that much. The GMs are saying 84 to 88 million, but other people I talked to said it's going to be closer to 84. So, hmm. well, which is a big difference. 
Certainly. Um, obviously, the defense will get healthier soon. That should help things, obviously, when you get Morgan Riley back. We don't know what he'll look like after two months off. Cody Cece will come back. Um, Basically, best case scenario for the timeline for those guys, right? Under. Yeah. Like they were saying like late March, not that long ago for Riley. Yeah. Now it's like Well, I week. remember looking and it was like, oh, he's going to play like five or six games at the end of the season. And now it looks like he could get into 13 or something. Well, the timeline was always kind of on the longer side. Like two months for a broken foot feels long. Well, that's why we thought there was more than just a broken foot going on. And maybe there is. Um, are you... I was a little surprised at how they've handled the goaltending the last yeah. little bit. Um, so, obviously, Jack Campbell started in San Jose. Frederick Anderson is going to start this game in on Thursday night in L.A., and then Jack Campbell will play in Anaheim. I find it a little unusual to give two starts to your backup and one to your starter. Mm-hmm. What did you make of that? Yeah, I mean, it means Anderson's going to play one game in nine days. I'm, I It has to mean that they think Anderson's getting tired or fatigued or like, like it has to be. That's the only thing that makes sense. The other weird thing is that I'm sure Jack Campbell would be charged up to play his former team. Like, I'm sure he wanted that game. The sentimentality is gone. They just need to figure this out. And even Anderson would probably, even though he's been gone for a while, would probably want to play against Anaheim. Mm -hmm. And then you come into a back-to-back LA-Anaheim where they both have to play, and you give them the other game. I don't know if, like, people believe in, like, the psychology of, like, you're going to elevate because you want to win this game because it's, you know, your former team and whatever, whatever, whatever. I don't know. I was really surprised to see Campbell play in San Jose. But I, I bet you, my guess is that like the sports science team or whatever saw something with Anderson. We're like, you know what? He's played seven in a row. It looks like he's getting worn down. He needs a break. Well, and, and Keith kind of hinted that they wanted to give him the first night of the back-to-back, the old mm-hmm. Mike Babcock theory. Yeah. Um, it's it's interesting. And and Anderson, like... They got to they gotta pull at least three points out of these two games. Eh? Like, well, yeah. These are not good teams um but it is it is the first thing that came to mind is is was not that and that's a more logical uh, explanation <laughs> but the first thought was that came to mind for me is is they're not feeling super confident still with with Frederick that's that's and also there is possible that's justifiable I think that's also possible that if it comes down to it they might want to look at Campbell a little bit more here and if Anderson struggles then they Maybe they split the games more evenly the rest of the way. You might have to. Like, as much as, as he is trying to figure out, you can kind of feel like he's in his head a bit. Um, was it you that had the, the comment about in the Florida game, you let in that bad goal, and then in the inter- intermission, Jason Spezza, like, went and talked to Anderson yeah, and, like... and calmed him down. Yeah. Well, he was bad in that first period. Right. Like, he... Well, he let in that one... Awful goal from Pesic, I think. Pesic? The leaf killer. Yeah. Um... So we don't have a ton more time just because we have to get to the rank. But so let me, given everything that we've talked about and given what I just wrote about, do you still think like they're a threat to win the cup this year? Or do you think that that's dead? Uh, I don't know. I mean, what they're like a long shot, but I think that's not impossible is how I would put it. I think that's probably fair. Like it, it doesn't. I want to see what happens a lot. What, they got 15 games left? I want to see what happens the last 15 games before I know for sure. Like... Could they beat a team like Tampa or Boston? Potentially. Mm-hmm. Are they going to be the favorite in that series? No. But, you know, this it's a weird sport. You know, it's... Um, well, like, so if you were putting percentages, let's say they played Tampa in the first round, would you say it's 60% Tampa, 40% Boston? 
Tampa, probably Rudy. something like that. Yeah. So that's not like that. No, crazy. it's not nothing. And it's probably the same against Boston. So that gives them that would give them a sixteen percent chance of getting through the first two rounds, which isn't nothing. Mm-hmm. And if they do that, who knows what? I mean, the Metro is really good this year, but I don't. But like, I wouldn't. I would probably bet against them. Of course, based on the way the year has gone. They're but, just well, well. Let me ask you: What gives you the most concern about? them right now is it the defense is it the goaltending is it the depth it's just it it, it's what you said right off the top that you don't know what they're going to be every night so i was on tsn 1050 on uh trying to think what day that was monday monday afternoon and andy petrillo was and and dave festchuk were asking me again and again kind of like oh do you think they turned a corner they won three in a row they looked really good well and i was like i'm not going to say that I'm not going to say any of that. Oh, do you think Frederick Anderson's turned a corner? No, I'm not going to say any of that. Like, I, I want to see how they do on this trip. I want to see them play against these weaker teams. I want to see them kind of, like, put their foot on the gas and, like, be the team they can be for longer than three games. Like, and the thing, too, is, is that those three games, Florida and Vancouver are falling apart. Like, those are two teams that are really struggling. And, like, okay, full marks to the Leafs for winning those games. you got to win what's put in front of you. Um even Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh's really been struggling. And that, that was the game where we said that's one of their best games of the year. But Pittsburgh's been, like, in the tank that whole time. Since but maybe then. you send them there a little bit, too. M- yeah, maybe. But, I don't know. like, I'm just not prepared to say they've turned a corner. I'm not prepared to say that they can do anything in the playoffs. I think we they got to get Riley and CC back. And we got to see how well they play. we got to see what Anderson gives them. And there's 15 games left. And the thing, too, is that after this California trip, schedule is tough. Like, look at look at the games next week. It's like Na- uh, Tampa, Nashville, Boston, I think, is, is what, what they got coming. Yeah, Tampa, Nashville, Boston. They got a lot of home games, but they got a lot of – they got the Islanders coming up. They got Blue Jackets, who are a tough team. They got the Panthers again. Then they go on the road, and it's uh, Tampa, Carolina. Um, they got Washington game. The thing that could save them is that three of their last four games this season are against Ottawa, Detroit, and Montreal. And it could come down to those games, that they need to win those games. You can't win those games to get into the playoffs. You don't deserve to be in the playoffs. No, he's like, no. Well, and to your point, to win a cup, you have to like, it's two months like where you have to be consistent. Consistent. Yeah. And the most, not the most concerning thing, but a very concerning thing is, even that 13 or 15, I think it was like 15, 4 and 1 by the time it was done. Even that stretch when they first hired or promoted Keefe, it wasn't like they were like, they were just scoring a, a ton. Yeah. It wasn't like you looked at them like, man, this is. It was a this, shooting percentage bender. It was a bender. Yeah. And it wasn't like one of those streaks where you're like, man, this team is like rolling their machine. Like they're, we haven't seen that. And that's what I think a lot of these other contenders have done. They've just gone on these runs where you're just like, man, like you know what you're getting every night. We haven't seen the Leafs do that since like the first half of last year, I don't think. Like we haven't really seen them consistently yeah. roll over teams and be they just th- this Leafs team just hasn't felt like it's had a lot of confidence for a long period of time. And I don't know how they get that back. And it sounds like you and I like looking at the data and the analytics and we like talk we don't we don't talk about grit and leadership and because those are like kind of easy tropes to fall into mm-hmm. as someone in the sports media. But I don't know with this team, it feels like it feels like it's between the ears a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's experience. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's great. Like why, 
why when like Jake Muzzin's talked about this a lot, why when when something bad happens, does it like spiral into two or three more bad things happen? Why can't it's like they give up? Yeah. There's a lot of fans saying that they don't really like they don't like cheering for this team. Like it's like a hard team to cheer for because like just like like Zach Hyman shows up every night, but where's everybody else? And I think that's part of why they miss Riley and they miss when Muzzin's out of the lineup and Well, and like some of the personalities that they've removed brought that like you can quibble with their skill sets so you can quibble with Nikita Zaitsev you can quibble with Kadri I don't know how you quibble with Connor Brown even Ron Hainsey you kind of know what you're going to get like they've kind of lost some of that personality and I don't know if that like that whatever percentage that has to have some effect and turning over I think a huge part of their roster combined with way more injuries than they've had the last three years that's meant that, like, I remember coming into camp and it's like, man, there's like 12 different guys are going to be on the team this year. Well, that's why I never thought Mike Babcock got a fair shake. Or not, not, that was part of it for me. There were so many new players and then there were injuries. And like, and I the just backup thought. backup goaltending was brutal. And, so like 23 games just didn't feel like it was enough. But like. When the Leafs, right. went, on, the Leafs went on that run right after they, they made the coaching change. And everyone kept going back to my story in the first few weeks of the season and saying in defense of Mike Babcock. But the point was, is that. It wasn't all Babcock. Mm-hmm. Like the, there's a reason why we're still talking about some of the stuff now. I do think they should have made the coaching change just because there was like some toxic stuff in there that he was a part of. But it wasn't all him, and he wasn't 100 percent wrong either because he was saying some of these things mm-hmm. that are still there. Yeah. But the question of how you fix it, it's Sheldon Keith's done a good job because look at the team's record since he's come in, and he's it's. He's probably going to need the offseason and, and a full training camp and all that to like really make this his team. Well, and, and if they don't get into the playoffs or they lose in the first round, it's going to be – they're going. I don't know. Actually, I, I think the questions will probably be the same regardless of what happens. Unless they go on a big run. Even if they go on a big run. Well, no. But they're still going to have to change pieces. Like they're, they're Barry's expiring. Winning solves a lot of yeah. problems. Yeah. Winning, I mean, they're probably going to make the playoffs. So Florida's falling apart. Like, mm-hmm. Unless the Panthers go on a run, it's going to be pretty easy for them to get in here. The thing is, teams go on runs. Like, yeah. This is literally what happens. Or like, the team... Leafs could go on a big losing skid, and then it's all sure. of a sudden it, it's a problem. Yeah. They need Frederick Anderson to like get himself right. Or Jack Campbell. Or Jack Campbell. And then they get these healthy guys back. I'll be, I'm actually starting to think about it because I'm starting to work on my Monday thing for next week. And I started to think about like what they'll do with the defense when everyone comes back. And I Riley, guess Riley, Riley Hall. Barry? Riley Hall. And that could, that's the tough match line. Or maybe you just keep German Hall and use Riley. Yeah, I was thinking Riley Barry because they. I don't like that Keith, combination. Keith liked at it all. though. Like maybe he liked it though because he had Muzzin and Hall to take the tough matchups, yes. and then he could shelter that group. And yeah, maybe it's Riley and Hall. Hall struggled lately. Like, and I think I think Hall misses Muzzin is a huge part of that. Well, if you look at the underlying numbers, both guys are better with each other, which makes sense. Muzzin had a tough time with Barry to start the year, and obviously Dermot is not Muzzin, if that makes sense. Yeah. I actually put in my story, um, when everyone's healthy, I would go back to Riley CC and use them as the second pair. Oh, man. Oh. Use them as a second pair. It's going to be controversial. Well, and, no. And keep you can use, and Hall together? No, use Muzzin and Hall against top lines and have your third pair be Dermot oh, and Barry. I'm talking when everyone's healthy. Yeah, but we don't know when Muzzin's back. Like, probably a couple games left in the season, right? So Maybe. They miss it. I mean, this is. I don't know if you agree with me, but I think that seeing them play without Muzzin, that 
that shows why they needed to resign him and why he's so valuable to the team. I mean, they yes and no. Like they played. You can talk about the Panthers and Canucks sliding, but they played well in those games. He wasn't there. Um, they also don't have Riley. He's important, obviously. Anyway, we should get to the rake. Yep. Anything else you want to say? No. Oh wait, I was supposed to do. I have to say one thing. We have to pause at the end of our show. James, I've done a really good job here. Um, to ask all you people listening, if you can go into the show notes for today's episode and then follow the link that's there for a very short survey. We basically want to find out more about you. You know about us and our weird quirks and our beliefs. Uh, but we want to find out about you. The survey is 11 super simple questions. It takes about a minute. So head to the show notes for today's episode and click on the link. I have no idea what that is. That's This is the first time I've ever heard of that. It's new. All right. I should know about this. So we'll be back next week from Toronto. All right. Thanks, everybody. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.